prison song. Nope, this is not deja vu. It's a stillness. It's a pause. An arresting pause. A break. Ten hours, in fact. Ten hours ago, I started this whole diatribe of stillness by saying, prison song. I'm re-engaging with it because it took me three viewings of their video, Nine Inch Nails, to work out something that I'd said this morning about how do you choreograph a stillness. They did it perfectly. There was a sequence of events. It became an event score. And they broke into silence painfully, clumsily. It was a mess, but they got there in the end. And there was no stillness. The stillness was particularly in the audio. But the rest of the band weren't still. They weren't playing, but there was movement. So it's paradoxical stillness. He slams down the microphone. He drops it onto the keyboard. He hits his bassist around the head with it. And as he breaks out of stillness, someone hands him another microphone on a stand. But you never really grasp at what point he removes the microphone from the stand. So it becomes this fictitious, repetitious event. But stillness all the same. Waiting room. Fugazi, I've got to give it to them for the best stillness, the best pause. It's not even a full stop, because when you hear that song over and over again, you know when it's kicking in, and every time is just as cool as the last. So punk does it easily. Punk makes stillness work. The joke. It's a pretty old song. It's classical. Joseph Hayden's string quartet in E-flat. E-flat is another story for another day. But he consciously names the piece, the joke. And he was joking. The pause is phenomenally long. And if you don't know it, you're switching it off. Stillness is an arresting sound. It jolts us out of our soundscape. The last bit is a bit hard to explain. In fact, it's called Hard to Explain. It's a really shit song. I went out of my way to find a song that I really hate just to enjoy the stillness. At 2.41, they stop. And I'm glad. It's a shit song. And maybe the stillness that I feel, that I love in that song, is worth listening to. It's hard to explain. I hope you have a really still evening. I want to talk for just a really short period of time about power and had I recorded this three or four hours ago this would have been an incredibly different citation of my dismantlement or disarmament about power and the power people hold over you or think they do or try to and you kind of get wrapped up in that feeling of not being able to resist 
or take back that power and and then it becomes an excuse to feel beaten by those things and it feels like this bit of like you have this thing in my head about a righteousness beast you know it's like I have my own civil war and you know I spend a lot of time trying to take back power from myself but when it comes to people overpowering or overbearing or trying to take something away from you it becomes so dismantling to your soul and I have this thing in my head about the righteousness beast and it's it's a term for when you have been completely taken over by belief that some particular other and I'm going to refer to it as the other is so evil and wrong that the only correct way to interact with them or or more likely talk about them from a safe distance is with condescending righteousness because naturally for them to have the opposing views can only possibly mean that they are in fact insane and fucking dangerous today and in this moment right here and now i want to try and open up your mind to another way of viewing these others one that might allow you to give those people their humanity back and reconnect more with your own in the process. And to do this, let's start with a question. What if someone came up to you right now and said, you are so turquoise, in a really condescending tone? How would you react? For most of us, we would shrug and say, oh, right, okay, and walk away thinking that that person was probably a little bit off their rocker. But here's the important part. We wouldn't be affected by it because being turquoise means absolutely jack shit to us. And nothing in our identity relates to being turquoise, so therefore we aren't affected by it one way or another. We have no reason for it to affect our sense of how we view ourselves because we don't have a collective belief system relating to being turquoise. Now, let's say when you were born, you learn from the world around you that you are in actual fact turquoise. You also learn that being turquoise means that you have less power than those individuals who are, say, green. You get this message from the media, from your parents and from loads of people you interact with. You get it pounded into your head from stories you read and movies you watch and from the mouths of those people who you look up to. This permeates all of your consciousness so much that you start believing that you are turquoise. And when someone says, who do you think you are? Don't you realise that you're just turquoise? You can't do, have, think that for example, you feel deeply hurt and possibly even ashamed. You adopt the collective belief that green is good and turquoise is bad. See where I'm going with this now? You also probably grow up to believe that green people are the source of all of your problems. If those green people over there would just stop hating on turquoise people, then all of our problems would be solved, right? But remember, your first reaction to being called turquoise how that was such a random way to divide people you didn't really have any strong reaction one way or another to it that's still the reality 
It's just that as random to divide people up into green and turquoise. It's still your choice not to have that bother you. It's still your choice not to have that take you away from seeing how unique and powerful you actually are yourself. And now for the really hard part. I want you to replace green with men and turquoise with women. Or green with conservative and turquoise with labour or white people, or black people, or rich people, or poor people, or whatever else you decide has more power over you. It's no different. My purpose in saying this is to empower you and free you from the feelings of helplessness. And the first step to owning your power is owning your own reality. And most people get hung up on this because they feel that truly believing this invalidates their deeply entrenched feelings and their belief patterns they have held on to all their entire lives. I believe that feelings are incredibly, incredibly fucking important and you should never have them pushed aside or be made to feel wrong about them. Your feelings are valid. All I'm suggesting is, what if your way of victimhood did not solely rest upon waiting for the doing or undoing of something out there, which will always be outside of your control, but instead was entirely something within your control, because in the end, it has only ever been in here. What if seeing someone as more powerful than you, seeing them as the source of our troubles, is a way that we as humans cope with not feeling empowered by ourselves? not yet realising that our empowerment and self-actualization are only ever in our hands. What if we free ourselves from the blinders of the black and white thinking of it's their fault and I'm not happy that we're constantly surrounded with in our society and even closer to home and instead see if there isn't a better way? What if power is not created from an outside source? What if true power and freedom is realising that the actions and viewpoints of another do not inhibit our own actions and viewpoints and that part of creating our own reality is deciding what you enjoy being around and then letting the rest go on its merry fucking way? What if there is no collective power and in the truth the only reality is individual power? There is no them, there is only us. We're all in this together and regardless of who you believe you threw the first stone, it's never worked and will never work to throw an equal stone back. See how those people over there have the same humanity you do. And if you want more peace, then be that. And if you want more love, then become that. And the biggest challenge is to show that peace and to show that love to everyone regardless of how fucking wanky they are and I mean every single one so the liberal friends show love and the peace to the conservatives and even and even the conservative themselves you know where I'm going with this you can't really mean that though, surely, you know, um, showing peace and love to a number of people who have fucked me off today, that's a hard pill to swallow and therein lies the challenge, right? Do you create a reality of peace or do you stay in the victimhood because you're right? No one has the power over you unless you give it to them and it's worth defending your righteousness at the expense of your own empowerment 
it's all about choice. Own your power. Let's be done with this believing in victimhood. That's all there is. <laughs>